Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk NFL prospects. This week, uh, this show, uh, we are on tight ends. We're at the tight end group. We've already done quarterbacks, running backs. Here are the tight ends. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, it's an an interesting group um, overall, but we have a, a situation in Seattle that says do they really need a tight end? So I figured we'd start our conversation off with that. Well, yeah, let's, let's have that conversation. I think it's interesting. So my philosophy on, um, on these sorts of things is you always want to just draft, um, the, the, the best players available in the draft. Um, for the most part, if you can, sometimes that includes positions that don't seem like they're in immediate need for you. Uh, and the NFL is, is a hard place uh, to, to work, uh, if you're a, a player, uh, cause injuries are, are prevalent and happen anytime and can happen. So it's, it's tough. Contracts are always up. Um, while, uh, we have three players under contract for this season in 2024, we only have one player, uh, at the tight end position that's under contract and Will Disley, mm-hmm. uh, who's also been susceptible to injury left this year, uh, a few games with injury. Uh, we also have Noah Fant playing on a fifth year option at tight end. Um, at twelve million five hundred dollars, uh, five hundred thousand uh, dollars as a fully guaranteed contract, and then Colby Parkinson, who's emerged a little bit um, as a third tight end, um, kind of a pass catching style uh, red zone target, and um, we don't know if their team will continue to uh, employ him as time goes forward. So that'll be really interesting to me as well. So while we do have three tight ends on the roster two of which are, are, are in their final year of their contract. And that's kind of when you take a look at adding a piece uh, in the draft to develop, uh, to have on your roster um, beyond that. How about that? Yeah. Kate? So, so if they, <laughs> if a, um, if they do draft a player and it, uh, I'm not saying they won't, because as you said, like if the draft falls in a way where a, player like that is is available um and the way your draft board fault looks it's like you've got to look at it um it's you know building a roster is more than just what's this next year it's what's the year after that as you were saying um if you do draft a player i don't think you go into the training camp expecting four tight ends to make your roster so right um you're looking at one of those three that you've got and being like, all right, let's who, who needs a tight end that will give us a draft pick for it. And um, so you, yeah, take a guy and then turn, turn around and, and trade a guy like um, Fant for a fourth round pick or, or um, Parkinson for a fifth and, and, you know, balance your roster that way. 
I mean, you can certainly try to do that. Um, Parkinson for me is right, is right on that edge. You know, he's clearly the third tight end in Seattle. He's not the second tight end. He's not the first. I don't know that he can develop into being the first primary uh, target. He's not an inline blocker type. Um, Parkinson would definitely be the guy that I would move on from. And I don't necessarily think that I would be afraid to, to cut Kobe Parkinson just because I don't know that anybody's going to ship you a fifth round pick for, for him. It's possible. Um, I don't know. He showed a lot last year. He did. He really, and, he and, did. and I think he has more actually. I really mm-hmm. do. I think the, he can I definitely agree. develop, but in the, our offense, I'm not sure. I mean, three tight ends alone on, on a roster is, is somewhat unusual. And then to have Kobe Parkinson be that guy and expect him to get any more than 17 to 20 targets a, a year seems unrealistic to me. I think part of it depends on, on if they do draft a tight end, which one do they draft? Yeah. Because there's there's a group here and they're all kind of unique. They all bring something different. It's not like here's tight end option one and here's tight end option two. And it's just the same type of player, but slightly different, you know, slightly less. Um, it's these are very different players at the top of the draft. And we have five picks in the top 100. I mean, could mm-hmm. Seattle conceivably use one of their top five picks on a tight end? Yeah, I could see a situation where that would happen. We were talking briefly right after our last show about that very situation. What would happen if one of the top, say, two or three tight ends in this draft were somehow available way below where they were projected to go or on Seattle's big board as the best uh, prospect available, regardless of position, what would they do? Um, and, and we can talk about that. Uh, I don't see them drafting somebody uh, in the in the first round, but if somebody were to fall, be uh, you know, uh, into the into the mid to late second round, that they were expecting to go much higher, that would be interesting. If somebody was sitting there at at, at one twenty three, for example, and they're with their fourth round pick, that was expected to go uh, much higher, and and they just couldn't pass that up. There is a scenario where I think that they would draft the best player available, and if it was a tight end, I think they would do that. So let's okay, talk so about, let's talk. I was about say, so who is that best player available on at the the tight end position to you? I think everyone's consensus player because of the consistency of play and just the um, the skill set that he, he brings in is Michael Mayer, the, the tight end out of Notre Dame. 6'4", 265, runs a 4'6", 540. He's a complete tight end. Now, for me personally, he's, he's kind of a, a Will Disley type of player on steroids, if you will. Um, he's, he's, he's definitely an inline blocking tight end, like like the, the fourth or fifth best blocking tight end in the draft. He's also one of the best pass catchers, but he's also very short armed. He's just got over 32 inch arms. His, Mm -hmm. his, um, his wingspan is only 77 inches. Um, this isn't a guy that's like 82, 83 inch wingspan. That's just this major, you know, pterodactyl playing. Um, kind of a short, stocky guy, um, and kind of looks that way, but super athletic and and just is a good football player. Like when you see Michael Mayer play, you look at him and just go, "This guy is a player. This guy knows how to play football, plays it really well, very instinctual, gets open, knows how to use space and his body, um, and and just overall a great prospect." I just don't know that he'd be a great fit on Seattle early in this draft. Where you yeah. would have to take him. 
you know, he's Honestly, projected to go I, anywhere from 10 to 20. Yeah. I, and I don't see him being worth a first round pick. Um, he's one of those guys that doesn't do anything poorly, but I don't see a standout trait that says this is a guy that I need to draft in the first round. Um, he kind of reminded me of Jason Witten more than like a Kylie Pitt, Kyle Pitts or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or somebody like that. See, but or Will Disley, he kind of reminds me of Will Disley a little bit. He's not a good of a he's not as good of a blocker as Will Disley. Um, he's a better receiver, but he isn't a you know Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle either. Um, to me, he's a he's a better version of um, Nick Vanette. Like, does everything okay? Uh, he's better or, than that. Yeah, no, it's what I mean. Like, like uh, Nick Vanette did everything okay. He didn't really have a weakness, but he didn't have a strength. Um, and I see... I mean, this guy uh, has 138 catches over the last two seasons. Went over 800 yards in each season, 16 touchdowns. I mean, the guy, even without the blazing speed, was very accomplished in everything that he did. I mean, those those type of numbers don't come from a guy that just does everything okay. I mean, he really was an amazing player, and his 82.1 run blocking grade was fourth in the nation as a as a run blocking tight end. So, I think I think you're you're shortchanging him just a little bit, and that's just, uh, yeah. I okay. Uh, I just he might not run, have a first round grade, but he's a damn good player. Run blocking is um, one thing. His pass blocking. I mean, that's what makes Will Disley valuable is the fact that you can have him out there, and if this team dials up a blitz and you need your tight end to cover to, to block an elite um, defensive end. Will Disney can handle it. I'm not giving Michael Mayer that responsibility. Um, I'm not, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying he is a better version of Nick Finette. So he's a guy that doesn't really have a weakness, but I don't see that that dominant strength at any point either. Uh, to me, he's a second round tight end. That's going to be um, a long-term starter in the league, but I'm not taking him in round one. At all. Interesting. I mean, he does have a first round grade from most most sites. I know. I, I'm just saying, like that's that's my take on him. I if he was faster or had a more um, well established routery, then I'd be like, okay, well then I I might get into that round because you can depend on him as a receiver. But he's a guy that's going to move your chains um, as a receiver, but he is not a true receiving threat do you know that he um, led the, the the draft class with 20 receptions on targets of 10 plus yards downfield so it I'm was he dynamic you know, was he dynamic explosive in that no he wasn't no when you watch him uh, play he's a lumbering player he's a lumbering, he's a lumbering player, player but player. Man, he just happens to get it done he's just one of those unique players i think in the nfl where there's no real outstanding uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list type player with the, the, the huge long arms and the super fast for his size. He doesn't run a four, four, eight 40 at 600 or at uh, 265 pounds. No, no um, but, see the, but guys, but he's, but he's, you know, he's a couple, he's a couple uh, tenths of a second faster than Disley was at the, at the 40 and Disley's an accomplished receiver in the NFL. I mean, he does really well really. at that. He does. Okay. Um, and to me, I, I just look, like I said, he's a, Guy who's going to have a long career, 
but he's not a pro bowler because he does. There's not anything that he does that's special. There's nothing special. Um, so I actually, uh, I know that he's kind of the consensus number one, but to me, he's not. Um, to me, when you start looking at the consensus number one, who is going to be the, who's going to have the best career uh, out of all of the tight ends? Um, I think you have to start with Luke Musgrave uh, out of Oregon State because this is a guy who has those ta- those tangible skills, those things that are elite that can lead to a guy that's going to be a uh, perennial Pro Bowler, which I don't don't think uh, Musgrave has. You've got a guy that is. Um, you mean Mayor? You don't think? Yeah, Mayer but has. Mayor Mayor doesn't have that. That right. I think Musgrave does. So you've got a guy who's. Um, you know, six six two fifty five, uh, but runs a four five forty, um, and can possibly faster, possibly faster. We'll see. But uh, he's a guy that um uh, has he's he's got elite um receiver traits, and a guy that is going to be able to give you Travis Kelsey um flashbacks as a player, and that. If I'm drafting a player in the first round, I'm looking for a player that has Pro Bowl potential, and I don't think Mayer does. Yeah, you know, for a guy that only played in two games this this last season and had 11 catches for 169 yards, he's got a lot of hype, and um, and I agree with it because he's such a great athlete. Um, his athleticism, you know, is evident um, in his playing style in his. Um, his speed, you know, if he can get into the four, four, eight range, which I, uh, have heard that he will at mm-hmm. the combine, um, he's, he's going to be going in the first round in this draft and, and not many sites have him going in the first round at this point, but I, I believe that he's a first round talent. Um, I think he helped himself at the senior bowl where teams needed him to come in and uh, be the best tight end on the field. And he did that. He proved that he ran faster than anybody else did. He, he created separation, had some mismatches uh, during practice week in the game. He had a couple of receptions. Wasn't, that wasn't where the focus was though. How was he going to stand up and practice one-on-one drills against some of these safeties and corners? Uh, and, and um, he looked really good. against and he, them. And, he, and he did, he looked really yeah. good. So this would be a very interesting, um, because he would have been a slam dunk first rounder had he played and had those 11 catches in two games, and 169 yards translated into an entire season. He would have been a first round pick, no doubt about it, probably over Michael Mayer. Absolutely. Just um, because I, of the physical uh, physicality of his game and upside. But he's not yeah. an inline blocker by any means. He's not an inline blocker, but he's not an incompetent inline blocker. Um, you know, I mean, Jimmy Graham was never an inline blocker. Uh, at, at at any point in his career, and I think that um, Musgrave has is is better than than Graham ever was, um, and so you're looking at a guy that can can do a little there, um, but offers you so much in the passing game. He's he is a Travis Kelsey um, so in this draft. Let's say Seattle takes care of business. They let's just say, for example, Seattle drops back from five to ten, picks up a second round draft pick in, in the process, uh, picks its defensive player at, at ten, uh at twenty comes, maybe they drop back again, pick up an additional uh second or third round, late second, early third uh pick, and, and was sitting there at twenty seven ish. 
and Luke Musgrave was there. They had some other options. Maybe some corners were sitting out there, uh, an offensive lineman or, or two, uh, some other uh, viable opportunities. But Luke Musgrave was at the top of their board. Um, what would they What would they do? I think at that point, um, I mean, you, you're going to look at things and I'm going to be like, oh, take the offensive lineman because you need it. But um a lot of the offensive linemen in that range are tackles and they don't really need a tackle. What they need is interior guys. And I think you can get that later, um, especially if they've dropped back a couple times and they've got all these extra picks. Um, you got a chance to get a guy that could be a, a pro bowler. Um, guys at the senior bowl were, I mean, scouts at the senior bowl were saying all pro, but I'm tempering that and saying pro bowler. Um I think you go ahead and take him and then you turn around instantly start working the phones and seeing if you can get something back for no offense. Um, and can you get a fourth round pick for him and add something to add another, you know, defensive player or a running back or whatnot, because um, and th- that's what no offense gets you, right? He's the, the, the receiving specialist out of that, uh, tight end room and a starter, and he's got it. Got kind of that expensive fifth year option um, that he's going into. And if you can trade him and replace him with a guy that has long term as a long term future in Seattle, I think you do that. And now here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Man, Twitter would freak out. Um, that's, yeah. That I'm would not, be that would be. I'm not that, drafting that players based pick. on Twitter's reaction. <laughs> well, you are you are building a roster, you know, and yeah. um, you're taking a position of 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 something that is not a, of immediate need, and um, you're upgrading the position, but. Um, you know, at, at a positional cost, it's, 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 it would be hard. It would be hard to pass up on some of the defensive players in this draft. For example, you know, interior defensive tackles, um, or, or a premium, uh, there might be a quarterback taken uh, there that, that might be the future guy who knows. Um, that would be a hard, it would be a hard pick. I mean, I would just, I would just say it would be a hard pick. Um, and I wouldn't want to be the GM in that spot. Cause that would be, that would be a tough one. Well, um, in, in the scenario that you gave, they've, they've sure. moved back a couple of times in a couple yes. of different spots. So yes. now, now instead of having five picks in the top 100, they're looking at having seven picks in the top 100. So now you or, – or eight picks in the top 100. Now one of those picks can be a luxury pick. But I look at it and I go, what would you rather have? Would you rather have um, you know, Noah Fant and um, 
a guard that you draft versus Musgrave, a fourth round pick and $8 million in what cap if, space. What if a player like Brian Breesey or, or Keely Ringo were the cornerback were sitting there and as well as Musgrave? I'm not to, to me, the cornerback, I'm not a, I'm Seattle doesn't need a cornerback. Um, like they're four deep at cornerback. I like the cornerback room as is. I think if they draft someone, it should be fifth round or later. Um, and so, yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to help me to me. It's going to be like Schmidt, the, um, the center, uh, out of Minnesota, um, that I would have a hard time passing on, but that's why I said a guard and not a center because, all right, uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's stay focused on so. this tight end class. Okay. So some of the other, uh, uh, people have, um, a guy like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah in the same sort of pocket, uh, value wise as Musgrave. I don't see it personally, but I get it. The guy was highly productive in college, but not nearly the athlete. So 6'4", 240 pounds. He's not an inline guy. He's a, he's a wide receiver almost type player in a tight end body with a 4'7", 140. With so, a 4'7", Right? And so the guy had 70 catches for 890 yards. Everyone's pegging him as being a high uh, early early day two type prospect. I don't see it. I see a guy like this falling, especially if he runs something like that or even worse mm -hmm. at the combine, he's not going to make it out of the fourth round. Even if he has that production, he's a, he's, he's, he only does one thing well, and he does it really slow in the NFL. It's not going to work. Yeah. I don't see him as a, I don't see him as a high end prospect. Um, I see this as a guy that was a college performer. Mm -hmm. and has put up stats but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it translates into the nfl because he doesn't block well enough um to be a slow tight end in the nfl um he's a receiver who can't run and I, it's just not a combination that works really well um so you yeah know, i'm, I'm gonna have a hard time figuring out where he's gonna go he can be a tremendous route runner. Chris Sprouts have soft hands, catch everything that goes his way, which he did. He only had two career drops on 109 targets in college. It, it mm -hmm. catches the ball. He's a good. He's a good pass catcher, but that you can't get away from that speed at that size. It's like six four two forty. That's like DK Metcalf size almost, and runs like half a second slower. Um, yeah, a, you know what I'm I mean, saying. It's like it's just yeah. not. Not, um, if he was, work. I mean, would you rather have him as a guy who doesn't block well, um, or Colby Parkinson, who's three inches taller, um, right. and runs like significantly better? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Colby Parkinson's, you know, not going to cost me a draft pick. And even after his Ricky contract is over, it's still going to be pretty cheap because he hasn't been. Yeah. Uh, it's taken him some time to develop into a player at the NFL level. So um, I'm not surprised I, you and I feel the same about this prospect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the so guy, the, a, a guy that, that I find way more interesting yes. um, is Darnell Washington. Out of yeah, Georgia. me too. God. Like he's almost a tackle. Yeah. He's, he's See, this almost is a, a guy, tackle. If this is the guy they draft, then Will Disley is on the, the, the player that's on the trade block because this is a guy at 6'7", 270, right? He's big for a tight end. And still runs um, a 4'6", 340, which is crazy. Still runs faster than Kincaid. Right. Um, But he blocks kind of like Will Disley does. Like, he yeah. is just an Well, Will Disley blocker. ran a 
a four eight five forty. So this guy runs yeah. a two six nine forty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go watch this guy play. This guy's from Georgia. You've probably seen him out there. In fact, he was in that Oregon Georgia game at the beginning of the year, uh, and just trucked Oregon players all around the field. Oh uh, yeah, it, it was it was nuts. But this guy, when you go watch him play, you're sh- you're almost shocked that he's one of the biggest players on the field, and he's catching you know balls down the field and trucking you know safeties mm-hmm. and linebackers that are trying to uh, tackle him and stuff. It's it's actually kind of amusing. They used um, it as a pat as a, as a um, just as a pass blocker, like essentially a right tackle on 72 plays um, this last year. And he gave up exactly zero pressures. Yeah. Wow. Plus he has a 81.4 run blocking grade fifth among mm-hmm. um, tight ends in, in college football as well. He's yeah, the he's guy. A mismatch. He's a mismatch he's, waiting to he's happen. He's a guy that I would love to have in a Seattle uniform because he does everything that Seattle would want him to do. He can line up um on the line and um run block slash pass block as good as an offensive lineman but still get downfield and, and, yeah. and he's not he's not a dynamic athlete in the same way that Musgrave is where um that's going to be you know someone that teams have to account for um uh, in the passing game but he's going to be able to make plays he's gonna move the chains um, all of that kind of he's stuff. He's a chain and, mover, is what he and, is. Yeah, and he's and he's going to do that while also being an elite blocking player. He's going to be a, a sixth offensive lineman anytime you have him on the field, and mm-hmm. also be able to leak out. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's basically Will Disley, but with more speed and more size. Right. Because Will Disley is a sixth offensive lineman, and well, you're also paying Will Disley like eleven million dollars this year. Yeah. That's the other part of it is Will Disley is a sixth offensive lineman. He's an elite blocker, just straight up one of the best in the NFL uh, at blocking as a tight end. Um, but he's not athletic. He's not fast, any of those things. And team loves Will Disley. I don't see them moving on, but you, you could paint a uh, scenario where you could have Darnell Washington, Will Disley, and Noah Fan on your team and move on from Colby Parkinson as well. Well, I think with Will Disley, Will Disley is a, uh, it, because he's making what he is. That's a luxury that this team maybe can't afford. And if you get a guy like Washington in the draft, Disley becomes very expendable just because of his price tag. Now, if he was making instead of eleven, if he was making five or six, uh, yeah, then you go Noah Fant, Washington, and Disley, and you have the best tight end room in the NFL um, without question. But they at may, 11, they may, it's harder. They may um, restructure Disley's contract this year. Yeah. Part, part of a situation to get some some cap relief to, to pay yep. uh, Gino. Um, so where would you need to get Darnell Washington out of Georgia in this draft? Uh, that That is a good question because um, I think you're going to need to take him in the second round. Uh, I agree. And you're going to need to take him early in round two so hmm. somewhere like before pro- before pick 40 before pick 50 before pick 40 hmm. or 40 42 somewhere in there before pick 42 wow so he would be uh on seattle's radar potentially with their first of of two second round picks yeah we pick it currently at 37 mm-hmm. interesting 
Yep. I, I, yeah, it's interesting how you and I have, have manufactured this conversation <laughs> out of a situation where we don't necessarily have a need, but all of a sudden now we're starting to talk ourselves into it. It reminds me of the, the conversations that I would imagine go around, um, you know, John Schneider and company, all the, all the, um, the draft guys, the, the area scouts get together and have conversations. And, and sometimes they're, they're about players like this and, and they mm -hmm. make you change your, your mind, your philosophy. They, they get you thinking about, um, what would our, what would our team look like if we added this player and what would we have to do, um, to that position group in order to make it happen. And, um, yeah, fascinating stuff. All right. Sam Laporta out of Iowa, it seems to be the consensus, like fifth you know, overall talent at, at tight end, um, senior at 6'4", 249, um, pounds runs at a four, six, six forty. seems to be one of the best all around tight ends in the class, as far as a, a pass catcher and a blocker. Uh, I don't think he, he's there as a blocker. Um, especially as a run blocker. I, I don't see it at all. I think that he is a guy with an extremely large uh, route tree, like way more, uh, way more advanced route tree than a tight end usually has, especially one coming, just coming out of uh, college um, and is a nice mismatch if you put him on linebackers. But I think you line him up in line and ask him to, to block and you're, you're going to, you're going to be very disappointed. Okay. Um, what else do you got? Um, the only other player that I'm all that interested in at this point is um, Tucker Craft. Um, but he, you know, you got to look at um, South Dakota State to find mm -hmm. uh, where, where this guy's from. 6'5, 255, runs a um, 477. Seven. Um, nice, soft hands, good. Um, Guy that that gets up and and makes um, a lot of catches that you don't see tight ends make. He's a big wide receiver esque catch radius, um, you know, and and does those things well. Nice athleticism. Um, he's not the greatest blocker because he's kind of he doesn't have the elite lower body yet. He's he's kind of a high cut guy. Um, but I think that he can develop, he can get into the weight room and, and, and develop some of that and become, uh, better. Uh, and you know, he's not a burner, but he is, um, you know, he's reasonably, um, decent in terms of his, uh, ability to run. And, and I think that he's going to be one of those guys that, uh, has a nice NFL career, even if it's never as the number one tight end on a roster. Yeah, a couple other names to think about is uh, Payne Durham, the tight end out of Purdue, uh, performed well at the Senior Bowl. Uh, everyone liked him, uh, did great in meetings and so forth. Always an uh, indicator um, of somebody that, that will probably end up getting drafted is somebody that uh, interviews well, does well, performs uh, the way that they're supposed to at the Senior Bowl. Seems, seems like teams like uh, guys like that. Davis mm -hmm. Allen out of Clemson. Senior at six six two hundred and fifty, played with a, uh, you know, in a big school program. There uh, did well. It's just kind of a general, all around uh, decent tight end um, that will probably end up going uh, get getting drafted in this draft. Um, there's one other guy I was going to talk about. <laughs> I was going to ask you. You'd mentioned uh, being a 
uh, basically a tackle as a tight end. There's another guy that that I that I had on my list. I'm trying to find it. I think it's uh, Brevin Span Ford out of Minnesota. He's a six seven, two hundred and seventy pound prospect, um, and and basically he's he's a, just an inline blocker. He's not going to give you too much out of the uh, receiving part of his game, but he led the nation in um, run blocking as a as a tight end at eighty two point eight and thirteen big time blocks, quote unquote, uh, from Pro Football Focus led the nation. Um, so somebody like that may get invited to camp. Other than that. You know, those are most of the draftable guys that we've talked about. There's probably somebody else that comes in, Will Mallory out of Miami, maybe. Um, but yeah, I Seattle's an interesting thing because you just never know. In in a situation where you seem to have the position covered, especially when you're only talking about three tight ends on a roster, and we've got uh, you know the guy that the perennial uh, practice squad guy as well, um, Mabry. Mabry that's that's sitting out there. Seattle may may find that they go through the entire draft and not draft a court uh, tight end, um, and that's entirely possible as well. But you just never know how these things work because the way the draft boards are constructed, and um, you're always trying to draft the best player available, and you're not trying to press for positional need. Sometimes these things align, and you just end up having to to make that selection because it it's it's the thing that helps your team the most. And it, it, and so sometimes fans are surprised. Why do we draft a tight end? We don't need a tight end, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you're always thinking ahead. You know, a GM, a good GM has got, you know, a two, a three, a four, a five-year plan as far mm-hmm. as roster building is concerned. And really having two players come off of uh, the books in 2024 is not that far away. Yep. Um did you did you look at uh, Jaleel Bing- Billingsley at all? No. <laughs> um, guy that at one point people were like, "Watch this guy. He's gonna be, you know, Kyle Pitts. He's gonna be, you know, early first rounder." Um, and then has done essentially nothing in college. Six four, uh, tight end who runs really well, but mm-hmm. couldn't get on the field at Alabama. Finally moved to uh, Texas. Didn't do much there. And then, uh, so I was like, am I reading correctly that he's only 217 pounds? You are reading that correctly. And I was like, how is this guy getting so much like positive, um, press going into this last year? And then I, he's 200, that's not a tight end. That's a wide receiver. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. NFL draft buzz has him ranked as the seventh overall tight end in the, in the draft. That's crazy to me that's way too high um so hmm. yeah um whereas it the consensus uh mock uh on at nfl mock draft database has him as the um 320 um ninth uh, prospect. Be- best prospect. So well outside of being drafted. You know, the one thing that he does have going for him at six four two seventeen is a four five five forty. I'm not saying that's blazing because you can find wide receivers at that weight and and height. Maybe not the height so much, but uh, at that weight, run much faster than that. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm not exactly sure how he fits into a 
NFL roster, I, he might be more of an XFL player to me. Yeah. I mean, he could be an NFL player just because, okay, so you're looking at a, a big um, wide receiver who's not a burner, but is very physical in their play style because they're used to lining up at tight end and, and, and battling that way. Um, I don't know. I just saw him and I was like, oh, this is a guy that I remember reading about. There's all this press. Um, and that I 217. Wait, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> well, he has no I, production. I really yeah. So you go look at all his production. He's played nine games, had two receptions for 16 yards in 2020, played 12 games, 18 catches in 15 games, and 17 catches in 2021. Last year, he transferred to Texas uh, and played in four games, had three catches for 38 yards. What, what am I missing here? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, you know. But, people get attached to a, a specific profile and um, athletic traits and so forth and don't actually look at the football player part of part of this thing. And that's, that, that's the important part really. Um, that's all I got in this list. I, you know, do I see Seattle drafting a, a, a tight end on purpose? No. Do I, could, <laughs> on could I, could I see them drafting a tight end in this accurate? draft? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we didn't mean to draft a tight end but we yeah. filled out the wrong name on the card so we yeah. ended up with this right guy. Um, right sometimes um, stuff happens in the in the in the nfl you just never know you just never know like you said disley's got a cap hit you yeah. know uh, that the team might not feel comfortable with and maybe they and can't it's one come of those to things where uh i'm i'd be willing to bet given their cap situation the fact that they need to re-sign gino um, that they have already talked with Disley's agent about restructuring his deal. And if they can't find, you know, a restructure agreement that's going to work, Disley may not play on that contract because 11 million is a lot for a blocking tight end. Yeah. Even a really good blocking tight end, he's still a blocking the, tight end. The weird thing is when you go out to over the cap and you take a look at the, at the tight ends out there, um, which I will do right now. Um, and you look at Will Disley. Will Disley's down the list. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. He's the the seventeenth highest paid tight end in the league now. And um, it, it, so he's. It's not like that. That that's an aberration. It's it's just is. It is what it is. Uh, the position has has. Uh, definitely increased, you know, over, over time. And, and um, it just doesn't seem worth it to, to us necessarily, but that doesn't mean that that salary is out of whack. Well, true. But at the same time, you look at the people who are above him on the list and you're going to see a lot of guys that are extremely productive in the passing game. Mm -hmm. And he's yes. not. Yeah. He's a Daryl Waller, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Godert, Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews right. David Nujoko, right? You're you're Hunter Henry. Um, you're looking at all these guys that are that are productive. Um yes. productive in the passing game. Um right. and that's not uh that's not, you know, his strength. Now, also he's of all the guys, there's nobody younger than him. Um, above him on that list uh, and so that also is part of it he's, he's a younger player that may get a chance to um, 
you know, get out there and, and, and continue to improve because he's only 27. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, pre, pre June 1st, dead money cap savings. So we'd have, uh, $6.2 million in dead cap, 2.99 million in savings. If we were to just outright cut him, um, that flip flops in 2024. But mm -hmm. if you restructure him, you can get that, you know, his cap number is 9.1 this year, 10.1 next year. If you could get his cap number into the four range and restructure him and add another year and so forth, I would, I would, I would do that. But you'd yeah, be pushing I, money out. I mean, you'd still, you'd make 2024 probably be in the 12 range and 2025 be in the 14 range, but you'd probably also be able to structure it in a way where you could move on if you needed to. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that is, uh, you know, he'll be 28 at the end of this contract after, after 2024, um, going into his 29 year season. This is a not, this is still a young player. Um, it, you could add a couple years to his deal. Um, maybe bring his average, uh, per year down a little bit. So it's more kind of in line with, mm -hmm. um, where he's at athletically at this point because of the injuries and get him, you know, stretch it out, get the this first year down and keep him under 10, uh, for would you rather have on contract. your roster? Will Disley or Noah Fant? That's a good question. Probably Noah Fant because I like, um, what he offers as a receiver, um, but it's hard to argue against, uh, Will Disley given Seattle's desire to run the football effectively. And you gotta have, like, they need that guy at, um, at tight end. It just, the offense works better. And, and no, no, a fan is going to bring you a little bit more dynamic receiving ability. Obviously he's a year younger and he just doesn't have the injury history. Yeah. You know, so. But he's also, yeah, this, not, we're going to be paying him this year, though. He's not the blocker, but he is a guy that um, is a, he's a significantly better receiving threat. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so his cap number this year isn't isn't too bad. It's um, six point eight five. I thought it was a little higher, but his fifth year option is six point eight five. That's a pretty decent. Even, that's fully I, guaranteed, but that's pretty decent. It doesn't matter. That's um, you know that is still uh only 66 percent of what disley's cap is in 2023 it's mm -hmm. 60 percent of what his caps what disley's cap number is it in 2024 so he's definitely the uh bargain of the two for the next two seasons all right let's get out of here tight end finished put a cap on it next uh is going to be wide receivers uh, we'll get together this this next week and and uh, record again. We'll do the wide receiver position group. Uh, we did our um, our schedule for uh, through May this this last weekend, and um, we're doing a whole bunch of draft prospect shows. If you want to stick around for those through February, we're doing a uh, NFL Combine preview and a review show February at the end of February and the first part of March. And then we'll start back into the prospects a little bit. We'll go into free agency. Uh, after free agency, we'll drop back into the, the prospects and we'll just kind of continue that pattern all the way through uh, April until we hit the NFL draft and um, get, get everybody ready for 
the Seahawks offseason, which for us is one of the, the funner times of the year for sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is the website. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and share it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.